It's the show for real people doing real work in social media. It's the Social Pros Podcast from Jay Bear of Convince and Convert, featuring Jeff Roars and special contributor Zena Wiest. Presented by Interactive Marketing Hub, Exact Target, and sponsored by Jan Rain, the leaders in social sign-in and interaction. Cision, giving marketers and PR pros tools to expand their exposure. And Xbeon, social engagement software for world-class companies. Ready to accelerate your social media? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. Indeed, it is me, Jay Bear, back from the unexpected vacation to the southern United States, New Orleans, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. I am tan. Actually, I'm not tan. I'm totally burned. I don't tan at all. It is my fair Nordic skin, uh, but I have taken in some gamma rays. Uh, I am back. Uh, Zena is off today. Mr. Roars also off today. So you didn't have me on the podcast at all for the na- uh, last two weeks. And now you only have me on the podcast today. Fortunately, we are joined by a fantastic guest who's doing, in my opinion, some of the best things in the world in social media today. Brad Walters, who's the director of social media and emerging platforms for Lowe's. Brad, how are you? Thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. We're doing pretty good. Tell me a little bit about uh, sort of, you know, Lowe's a big company. You guys have a lot of irons in the fire. Tell me a little bit about what you see the overall mission of, of social to be in the organization. Yeah, you know, for us, it, it's a, as much as possible to um, provide value to our, our customers um, that are coming in and, and communicating with us through social media. So as a home improvement, uh, as a home improvement retailer and company, you know, we we uh, we want to provide content out there that people are going to be able to to find useful, that they can find um, things that will help them uh, accomplish projects around their home, um, and and really just make life a little bit easier as they try to manage their homes. There's a lot of things that go on uh, in in the home space. Pardon me, in the home space, and so we feel like um, you know we we could provide them. Uh, the, the direction and, and some education on how to handle those types of things. Uh, and, and, and if we can um, have an, a conversation with them and as much engagement with them as possible, uh, then we feel like um, their direction and their accomplishments in the home are, are even more valuable to them. It's interesting that you talk about um, current customers, and obviously we'll get into more of the things about usefulness uh, in a minute uh, with some of the things you're doing on Vine and elsewhere. Do you feel like uh, the target for your activities are more existing customers and trying to sort of deepen the bonds between the brand and them or sort of introducing Lowe's or maybe some of its products and services to people who haven't transacted with you previously? Or, Or do you not sort of make that distinction? I think it's kind of both, you know. I think um, the folks that are coming to the brand through social media and um, either following us or engaging with our content, I think it's important to recognize them and um, make sure that the um, types of, of content and information we're providing them is, is is valuable. Obviously, they sought us out, they came over and, and connected with us. Um, so we want to make sure that you know we're we're supporting them. And I think on the flip side, it's it's always great to be able to embrace new customers that are coming in, 
uh, and give them the same kind of experience that um, we're, we're trying to support for our existing customers. One of the things that I really like about the Lowe's program is, is you're involved in a lot of different tactics, um, but all the ones that you're involved in are, are executed, at least in my estimation, uh, really well. One of the things that, that I noticed recently, and perhaps you've been doing it longer, I just didn't pick up on it, is the, the rant or rave option uh, on your Facebook page. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? It seems to me to, to be sort of a proactive um, uh, attempt to to really garner feedback from Facebook, sort of in a way that some people take to Twitter to uh, to reach out to brands. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that a little? Yeah, sure. So Randorave is something that we uh, we launched fairly recently, um, and we we felt we felt like we needed a better process to support customer care related issues through the social channel, particularly on Facebook, um, since we see a lot of folks who are are looking for help from a customer care perspective there. Uh, and so we want to be able to keep people's contact information private and um, and not necessarily have them, you know, provide all their own personal information in a public forum. <clears throat> and we wanted to have a process that was streamlined for the customer and streamlined for us so that we could make sure there was really good flows of communication uh, between all parties. And so that's exactly right. We, we, um, we want ran a rave as an opportunity for people to come in, fill out the information, uh, their own personal information that they have um, that, so that we can contact them and best support them, and then give them the opportunity to say, I have an issue that I'm hoping that you can help me resolve, or I had a really great experience and I want to let you know about it. Uh, and so then folks can come in, type in that information, type in um, an open-ended uh, box to give us a little bit more detail, and then there's a couple of uh, drop-downs that says, what type of, of issue are you having? Was it an in-store experience? Did you have trouble ordering something online? Um, was it a delivery issue? So that really we can sort through these things and then um, categorize them in ways that the customer care team could be very, very effective. Uh, and we launched this, and um, I think we're, we're seeing some pretty good involvement and, and some pretty good usage of it, uh, and it certainly um, helps us provide that best customer care experience we can back to the customer. How come you f do you think most brands aren't doing that? You, you don't see as much of that proactive, structured Facebook customer outreach program. Why, why do you think that is? I think it really depends on, you know, if you're, if you're a brand working with your customer, what, it, what are you really trying to achieve um, within the social space? Uh, and so I, I would say that there's a lot of brands that have different types of objectives that they're, that they're trying to accomplish. Um, from our standpoint, and I, I love the word proactivity, by the way, um, <clears throat> from our standpoint, it, we don't want to use social just as a channel to push, to push um, messaging out to them, whether it's promotional or, or product. Um, we want to be uh, setting up in a way to where it's a two-way street, that there is opportunity for conversation from the customer to the brand and the brand back to the customer. Uh, and so I think when you look at a lot of different brands, some brands, from a customer care perspective, um, maybe they're not a retailer. And so the way they handle customer care is a different type of situation. Um, but we've found that being a, a large retailer, that the different types of conversations that happen in social, they can vary uh, across a lot of different topics. But customer care and the support of it um, is something that it, it comes through our channels in enough volume to where it was important for us to be proactive and set up something that will uh, make the experience easy for the customer.
I like what you said about different brands having having different objectives in social. Do you also have different or defined objectives per channel? So when you sit around uh, the planning table there at Lowe's, you say, here's what we're trying to achieve on Pinterest versus here's what we're trying to achieve on Vine? Or do you tend to lump the social tactics together under one uh, sort of umbrella social media objective? Yeah, so social media as, as, one, as, a, as a platform as a whole, we have an objective. But then the platforms themselves um, solve for different pieces of the objective, if you will. So uh, if we're trying to provide the most engaging experience across our social, social media platforms, um, and we have a number of them, as you've seen and pointed out, uh, if we were to replicate the, the objective and, and the content supporting that objective across every single platform, then there isn't really much of a differentiating experience. And I think different platforms provide different types of experiences and communicate in different ways with the end user. So we look at each platform as a way to, to um, drive a particular piece of our overarching objective, uh, because not every platform is the same. I love to hear you say that. That's something that we've been really emphasizing a lot on the consulting side at Convince to Convert is, is having distinct uh, audiences and objectives and even KPIs uh, per channel that, that it all sort of fits together, of course, but that, you know, Pinterest isn't Facebook and Instagram isn't Vine, uh, despite, you know, reports to the contrary. Uh, I think it's just a really smart way to go. Speaking of Pinterest, I know you've got a, a pin to win contest uh, running right now. How's, how's Pinterest worked for you as a brand uh, in the past or, or presently? You're obviously putting some resources against it, so I assume it's working okay. Yeah, Pinterest is a really interesting platform for us. Um, it, uh, it, it's so great to see a different type of social media platform emerge um, where it, it, it's a different user experience, you know, so that, that very visual navigation type of um, experience that you have to where you can utilize Pinterest to discover new pieces of content instead of using something like a Google where you're specifically searching for content. I think it's really great. And so we, um, we, we definitely see value in Pinterest. Uh, we've got a really strong um, presence on Pinterest, which, uh, which we're really excited about. Uh, and the opportunity to, to leverage a pin it to win it contest um, is an opportunity for us to dive a little bit deeper into Pinterest and give um, the followers that we have out there who have been engaging with the brand on the platform um, something different to, to um, leverage with the brand and to experience from the brand. One of the things that you and I have talked about in the past, it has been chronicled in, in other uh, locations as well, is your Fix and Six uh, Vine program, the very useful, uh, short form, helpful uh, tips. In fact, I now use one of your Vines in all of my presentations around the world about utility. Uh, it's just an unbelievably good uh, example of a brand using their own resources to uh, to provide help, not necessarily trying to sell something. In fact, one of the things I like best about your vines is that many of the products that you talk about in those videos uh, aren't even products that you sell, uh, which I think really uh, goes to show that you don't have to use you know every pixel of your digital presence to try and monetize uh, your audience. And, and that's, I think, a very mature and, and long-term approach to, to brand building. Uh, can you uh, tell the folks uh, here on the Social Pros podcast a little bit about the Fix and Six program and and, uh, and where it came from and and what you plan to do with it in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
six and six was an evolution of some content that we were we were running on Facebook. Uh, and so when Vine emerged as a platform, we wanted to make sure that we were utilizing Vine in a way that provided uh, as much value to the end uh, to the end user as possible. We looked at what um, how people were utilizing Vine, and I think there's a lot of interesting uses usages of it out there and some things that people are doing. Um, and then we saw what what um, just to kind of experiment in in the platform. And so we felt like if we were going to if we're going to go into the platform, we want to come in with a sh with a strong and sound content strategy uh, that um, that can be utilized instead of just randomly posting things out there and and seeing what it works. So we looked at some content on Facebook that we called uh, shareable solutions that really resonated with our our audience. And we felt like, and by the way, the things that were on 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 Facebook was just an image and then some description that would be as part of a post. Uh, and so we looked at this and said, you know, this, these things are, are those aha moments that sort of make that light bulb go above your head. And we think we could distill this down to um, a story that we can tell inside six seconds. So we leveraged content that we felt was strong into a six second uh, video on Vine uh, and then started uh, working against um, against some of that content that we had in producing them. And when we started to release the first round of, of the, those vines based on this shareable solutions, we saw a lot of people uh, responding via Twitter saying really positive things. Um, like, oh my gosh, that's, I wish I had known about that last week. I was literally stuck and I needed, I needed to figure out how to do that and you just literally made my life easier. So as part of our opportunity to educate uh, and inspire our customers. We saw the Vine platform through the usage of, of the shareable solutions and Lowe's Fix and Six, pro, excuse me, Lowe's Fix and Six program, a great opportunity. Uh, and it's um, we, we've seen a lot of uh, positive um, things being said, particularly the conversation you and I had. And as I guess as a side shameless plug, um, we're really excited as we won a uh, bronze cyber lion for the effort uh, at the Cannes Festival last week. Hey, congratulations. That's very cool. Fantastic. That is really awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. I noticed uh, just... Uh, you know, way, I, um, oh, I was going to say, Jay, since you were mentioning Vine and you, you, use it, you utilize it in your presentation, what particular one uh, are you showing? The one that I use um, in my presentation is the rubber band in the, in the strip screw. Yeah, ironically enough, that's the one that was the, the primary uh, piece of content that was picked for the for the cyber one. Ah, very nice. See, it's seems, it's good taste. I noticed, uh, and maybe you had this from the very beginning. I just never picked up on it. But when I was prepping for this show, I noticed that you now have a Tumblr blog with all of your fix and six vines uh, installed on. Is that a is that a new extension to the program? Yeah, we 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 put that out there, uh, just knowing that not everybody is um, on Vine through their mobile device, uh, and so we wanted to, to to provide a little bit of scalability to the folks who are hearing about it, uh, and then being able to to access it through other types of um, whether whether it's laptop or desktop or whatever they're utilizing. If they don't have Vine particularly on their device, they can still go out there and see it. Um, this would be a good time to uh, to ask about email uh, and and sort of how email 
and social work together. Uh, also, a good time to remind listeners that Social Pros is brought to you by Exact Target, a world leader in interactive marketing software powering the email, web, mobile, and social programs of more than 4,600 companies, including Lowe's. They have a terrific new case study, does Exact Target, on how Career Builder increased their click through rate by 24% by moving to a new responsive design for their email. Lots of people have talked about responsive designs, liquid designs, and, uh, and, and reformatting their emails to work on different mobile versions, different mobile platforms. This is a really good case study. Uh, you absolutely should check it out. It's free. You can download it right now at ar.gy slash responsive. That's ar.gy slash responsive. So Brad, tell me a little bit about how the social and, and email folks uh, work together or, or not. Yeah, so we do work together. There's um, there's opportunity. I mean, you have the customer in the digital space, uh, and so email is is obviously there. Social is, is there, uh, and so some of the things that we'll do, um, you'll see us, let's say, on our Facebook page. We utilize our social platforms to help um, bring people into our email program. So we get we try to make it easy for people to uh, sign up for our email programs if they like in the social space. Uh, and then conversely, the um, the email team will work with us to help support initiatives that we have going on. So um, if we have a particular uh, launch of an application in social, or if there is uh, uh, some sort of contest or sweepstakes like the Pin It to Win It, we will work with the email team so that they can uh, utilize their vehicle to get the message that we're doing with things that we're doing in social out to our customers. So there's usually some collaborative uh, opportunities between the two teams. So it's sort of a shared editorial calendar, but but not lockstep. Is that accurate? Yeah, our our, our email team um, they obviously have certain goals that they're working against. Uh, so there is opportunity for us to cross over, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that um, every single thing that we do in social is is 100% into the email program because sure. we have different ways of communicating with our customers. Now, let me ask you a question about a specific piece of content. I uh, was on your Facebook page and saw uh, a promotion for the Duck Dynasty uh, doormat. Yeah. And just as a consumer of stuff, I cannot remember, Like, and I'm not kidding about this, I cannot remember something that burst onto the scene with as much vigor uh, and comprehensiveness as Duck Dynasty. Now, as I said, I was on vacation the last two weeks in the South, and no joke, every Circle K, 7-Eleven, truck stop, uh, place to buy swimming pool towels and sunglasses had some sort of Duck Dynasty gear. Like it is seriously 100% product penetration uh, in 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 the U.S. I'm like, where the hell did this come from? And I also was just talking to my publisher because my book comes out on Thursday, which will be the day before this podcast is released. And two of the top three uh, nonfiction books in the country, two of the top three, ladies and gentlemen, are Duck Dynasty books. Um, so I have two questions for you, Brad. One, um, what do you make of the Duck Dynasty phenomenon? And two, of all the products that Lowe's sells, how did Duck Dynasty floor mat end up on your Facebook page? Yeah, the, the Duck Dynasty phenomenon, I, I can't talk too specifically to it. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating on how much it's grown. I, I will admit that I don't watch the show. Um, so I'm not really familiar with all the um, ins and outs and the particulars of the show itself. 
but uh, I mean, from my perception, it's it's unique. You know, these these four individuals are really identifiable by their by their obviously their facial hair, uh, which you know it, to me harkens me back to things like ZZ Top. But um, I I, you know, I think they're really identifiable. Um, it's it's a different type of format, different type of show. Um, who would expect that these guys from I think they're in Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken, would uh, would be such big personalities? Uh, and so I think um, in the midst of all the all the different types of television programming out there, which generates a lot of clutter, this was something that just really stood out, probably like a sore thumb in a way, but in a good way. And people uh, gravitated towards it and, and felt like it was entertaining enough content for them. So um, that's about the, the most knowledge I have on Duck Dynasty. Uh, in regards to our posting on on Facebook, um, you know we we do work closely with with our internal constituents, particularly around merchandising. And this came up as a product that we were selling in a number of our stores. Uh, and we we felt like because there are so many people that that follow the show, and because there's so much conversation, and it seems like the the, the folks that follow the show, um, the people that are fans of the show, are fans in a very positive way. We felt like we could take this content, have a little levity with it, um, it's provide a little bit of a different type of content out there for our fans, and and um, and put the put it out there and, and see what people's response was to it. And I, I think overall, people responded to it, you know, in a, in a really positive way. It was it was a little bit comedic, you know, but there are folks going, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm running out to the store to go buy this right now because they're they're so fascinated with Duck Dynasty. So. Just an opportunity to differentiate um, some from some of the things that we typically do out there. I'm totally growing my beard out. I'm going full on, full on ZZ Top. That's going to happen. That appears to be the secret. Uh, in a case like that, where you actually do put a, a, a specific product uh, out in social, do you track and measure the e-commerce pull through of that? I presume you do. Um, yeah. So without getting into too much detail, it clicks through to uh, that that particular. Uh, post does click through to the website, um, and then once it's there, you can you can choose to buy it. Obviously, I think you can also go to the stores where it was available. It wasn't available in every store, but most of them. Um, so you can also uh, either add to cart or or look for your particular local store through the store locator uh, and go and purchase at that point. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to uh, prepare yourself for the big for your information questions uh, section of the show. So you steal your nerves. And meanwhile, I will tell people uh, that Social Pros is also brought to you by Xbeyond. Xbeyond has a centralized platform that empowers global brands, agencies, and retailers to manage their social marketing efforts. Xbeyond provides scalable enterprise-grade software that helps you publish and govern your social presence. You need to read their case study about H&R Block and how Xbeyond activated 90,000 tax professionals in social media using XBeyond to guide their activities. You can download that amazing case study for free right now at ar.gy slash block. That's ar.gy slash block. Okay, Brad, it's time for the big for your information uh, segment of the show where I ask you four questions about social media and you provide brilliant and pithy answers. First question okay. is, how did you get involved in social media? I know you have an agency background. Uh, is that how this all happened? Yeah, so I had an agency background. Um, my background 100% focused on, on digital. Uh, and so I was supporting clients in, in a lot of different ways, both from an account management and a, um, and a strategy standpoint. And as social became, became to um, become, excuse me, 
as it became very uh, prolific in people's lives, people were, were utilizing it. Um, to me, that's very interesting. I like to see how folks interact, uh, you know, almost like the psychological and sociological view behind it. Uh, and so as brands really started to get engaged with it, and um, particularly on the agency side, we had clients who were asking us, how do we utilize this? How do we bake it into our, our programs? Um, it became a, just a really great interest of mine and, and almost essentially a passion. I'm very passionate about what I do uh, and how we do it. And so, um, you know, from there, it, it seemed like an opportunity to where I could, I could take that interest and, and utilize it full time. Excellent. What, is your, what does your team look like today? How many folks do you have working on social there? Uh, sure. So we've got five people um, that are part of the uh, social media team um, on the upfront business side. Um, and what I mean by that are um, community management, uh, strategy development, content and creative development. And then we have um, a larger team that is within our customer care uh, department that works very, very closely from a social standpoint. Tactical question about community management. Do you assign community managers per platform? So do you have somebody who really focuses on Pinterest, somebody else who focuses on Instagram, or do they work horizontally across platform? Uh, so it's a little bit of a hybrid. It's kind of both. Uh, because we have so many different platforms, um, we, we have folks who share responsibilities. And then because some platforms require more time than others, we'll have um, everybody's responsibility might be to one particular platform. So example, Facebook uh, has probably the most conversation happening around it, um, uh, essentially across the clock at all hours. Yeah. So we have team, we ha uh, the team is essentially focused on um, supporting Facebook while also having responsibilities to respective platforms. And as those platforms grow, uh, and become more significant, then we look at how we want to manage them going forward. Terrific. Thanks for that. Uh, second question is, what do you like best about social media? Yeah. What I like best is that you have an opportunity to really get to understand um, who your customer is and how you can, really how you can help them and support them. We get all kinds of walks of life that come in, um, and it's just, it's just amazing to see what, particularly from, you know, in regards to a, a home improvement perspective, what they're doing with their homes, the challenges they have, the, the things that um, they're inspired by, the things that they do that inspire us. Uh, so it's just really fascinating to get a, an understanding of, of who these folks are and, and why they're there, and the opportunity to um, engage with them and, and help them as best we can. And conversely, as you might have uh, predicted, what, what would you say you like uh, least about the social medias? Um, I think the thing that we probably like least is, least is um, sometimes that's out there can be construed a little bit, right? Um, so they look at things as a news source, um, and they, they might take it seriously, or they might not take it seriously. And, and this is not in particular to if you just look at the overall social landscape, um, there's a lot of things that are going on out there and um, people will attach themselves to it uh, and then follow it or get behind it. And it's not, um, it's not always um, aligned with what the true message is. 
Yeah, absolutely. It moves. Uh, it moves pretty fast and is not always one hundred percent percent accurate. And, and you know, you see that uh, at a micro level, people sort of retweeting things that they haven't actually read. Right? It's like, well, here's this link. It's like, well, did you actually click on that? No, but I just feel like I had to pass it along. Sometimes I feel like we care more about being first uh, than we care about being right. Yeah, absolutely. Last question for you, Brad, is if you could do a Skype call with any living person, uh, who would it be and why? Any living person. Um, Probably the Duck Dynasty guys. I know that's actually the answer, but we're going to let you uh, pick a different one. You know, I'd probably be a little embarrassed to do that since I wouldn't be able to talk intelligently about their show, and so I'd probably make a fool of myself if I did that. You certainly couldn't match them beard for beard. That's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. You know, um, I am I am a big baseball fan, and I uh, having having grown up for a long time in Texas, I became a, a big Texas Rangers fan, and I had the opportunity. Um, when I was living down there, to um, meet uh, completely by coincidence while, I w- while when I was at brunch at a at a hotel, Nolan Ryan, and um, and I grew up playing baseball, and Nolan Ryan was an idol of mine because I was a pitcher, and obviously he was he was you know all star, fantastic player, uh, and if I had the opportunity, I mean I, the, the the brief meeting I had with him was me walking up to him, probably, you know, starstruck and, and fumbling over my words and being like, hey, Mr. Ryan, you know, can I at least shake your hand? And he was, he was a really, really nice guy um, and certainly spoke to him for those, uh, after those brief moments and then, and then we parted ways. But I've seen what he has done as a player. He has evolved from a player into essentially the, the front office of the Texas Rangers uh, and leading them to... Uh, a couple of World Series so far in, in, in recent history. I'd love to have the opportunity to, to talk with him, find out you know what it was like to be a player back in the day when baseball was a little bit more pure than it is today, and essentially what it's like now to to take uh, a baseball team that um, was as you know iconic, if you will, uh, in Texas, and really put it on the, the national and the world stage in, in the form of the World Series. I think there's a lot of great experiences there, and I certainly would love to learn from them. That is a fantastic answer. One of the best ones we've ever had on this show. Fun fact, uh, the very first baseball game I ever saw as a boy, uh, Nolan Ryan was pitching uh, when he was with the Angels. Oh, uh, very cool. Yeah, at the old... Uh, at the old uh, Angel Stadium uh, there in Anaheim. I grew up in Arizona, so that was the uh, closest closest major league team for me when I was a kid. Well, I guess maybe the Dodgers. The everybody hit. Yeah, Diamondbacks now. And I was a longtime Diamondbacks season ticket holder. Uh, I had tickets the first seven years of the franchise when I still lived out there. It was at Game Seven when we beat the Yankees, which was quite an exciting night. One of my favorite nights ever, actually. That's awesome. Let's do that. Let's work on getting you a Skype call with Nolan Ryan. I think we can make that happen. We will use all the power of the Social Pros podcast to turn your dreams into reality, Brad Walters. I would make my day. If Mr. Ryan's listening, I'd love to take his call. Oh, uh, there's no question um, that all of the Major League Baseball team presidents listen to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. It's right up their alley. We should get a, base, we should get a baseball social media person on the show, though. That's what we should do. 
That would be cool. So I'm sure somebody from MLB would, would join. We've had some golf folks on the show, uh, and we've got some from the NHL lined up, but I work uh, I work on a baseball. It's uh, timely, uh, seasonal, of course, so I'll, I'll make that happen. Brad, thanks very much uh, for your time. Congratulations on all the amazing work that you are doing at Lowe's. Uh, keep it up. Uh, I am delighted to continue talking about uh, fix and sick and all fix and six and all my utility presentations I have five more speeches this week uh, all across the country where I will be talking you up um, which will probably not sell you any screwdrivers but uh, but it makes me happy I'm that's all right man time. I appreciate it thank you for uh, all the kind words you bet ladies and gentlemen let me remind you that uh, social pros is also brought to you by Jan rain who provides social sharing social login and social profile data collection services to some of the most successful online marketers in the world you know, we all want to collect data on our sites. I think all of us probably collect data on our sites at some uh, level, but there's no point doing that if the data is crap. Uh, Jan Rain has a new free guide on how to improve conversion rates and data quality. Uh, you absolutely ought to check this out. Some great tips and things I haven't thought of. You can grab it now for free at ar.gy slash better registration. That's ar.gy slash better registration. Next week on the Big Social Pros podcast, we will have Janice Person, uh, who uh, leads social and digital for Monsanto. Obviously, big company, lots of things going on in Monsanto's world. Uh, that will be a very interesting conversation. That's next week. Also, a reminder that uh, my new book, Utility, which talks about some of the things that Brad mentioned today, uh, the book is out this week. It will have come out just a day uh, prior to when you hear this podcast. Uh, thanks to everybody for your support of the book uh, in the past. And if you haven't grabbed one, I would sure appreciate it if you did. There's a free excerpt, a trailer, a music video, all kinds of goodies for you that you can get at utilitybook.com. And last, before we wrap up the show for this week, a uh, reminder that our friends Ascision are also a terrific sponsor of the program. Uh, Ascision has got some really interesting new content marketing software suite they just uh, rolled out last week. If you haven't done a demo of that, you absolutely owe it to yourself to do that. It's pretty slick. They also have uh, a free content marketing help kit that helps you get the most out of your online storytelling. That's a great resource, and you can download that as well at ar.gy slash content kit ar.gy slash content kit. Brad, thanks again. Thanks to everybody there at Lowe's and congratulations. We will see everybody next week. Thanks for listening to Social Pros, the show for real people doing real work in social media. Please tell your friends about the show. Subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher and view all episodes at socialpros.com. Until next week, thanks to presenting sponsor Exact Target, as well as Cision, Jan Ray, and XPI. Now, get back to work.